0: Good morning, and welcome to Conversations with Buddy. We are doing these podcasts here from the Rec Center in Kaiser, Oregon. Uh, we're uh, enjoying this this morning and uh, getting ready to get started with a guy named uh, Pat Bailey. He probably goes by Coach Pat. I'm pretty sure. It depends.
1: Bales, Coach Bailey. Just don't call me Patricia.
0: <laughs> yeah, or, or or late for dinner. <laughs> Well, cool. Pat, thanks for being here today. Uh, What an honor to have you here. Um, Just to go back real quick, you and I only met a week ago in person. Uh, Justin White uh, asked us to go golfing, so we got to spend uh, 18 holes worth of golf uh, fellowshipping, and I think we really enjoyed it. At least I did. I hope you can say the same thing.
1: Well, I'd say Justin, you golfed. I don't know what you'd call mine. I think mine was social two hours. It wasn't much golf for me.
0: And I wore the right... uh, Logo, and Justin didn't, correct?
1: That's Yeah, Justin, unfortunately. We need to get him from the dark side into the light. He totally. needs to become a beaver fan. That's
0: right. Go beeves Go beeves Well, hey, I've got lots of uh, questions for you, but before I do, I want to introduce you kind of as to who I think you are. Um, so... Coach Pat Bailey, uh, husband for how many years? I know it's 40-something. Uh, my wife and I just celebrated our 45th wedding anniversary.
1: We were married on August 6, 1977.
0: Okay, so we have we have some talking to do there. We're going to learn some things, I'm pretty sure. So, you, And you did a, a stint at Oregon State for uh, about 12 years as, as assistant coach and then one year as head coach. You also got to be a part of uh, a world championship, a World College Series championship.
1: Yeah, see, so yeah, I was there for uh, 13 years. I was 12 years at George Fox University prior to that, and I coached one year at the University of Portland, and I was a high school coach for 16 years, so a total of 42 years of coaching. And I taught uh, for 29 years and was an associate athletic director at George Fox as well, so I did a variety of things during wow.
0: that 42-year period. Wow. Sounds like you may have a passion for uh, young men, young uh, men specifically in baseball, but also in teaching as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, as a, a coach, you got to decide why why do you coach? What's your purpose? What's yeah. the reason? And for me, it was, I'm in the man building business and I just use baseball as a vehicle to do that. But we're there to build men
0: of character. Amen to that. So how many kids do you have?
1: I have two. I have a son, Alex, who's 39, married to Lucy. They live Up in uh, Newburgh, Oregon, and we have a grandson, Colton, who's two, who's just Mm -hmm. an absolute blessing. And then my daughter, Anne is 36. She's married to Colin. They're the Snyders. They live in Corvallis. They own two coffee shops, and my daughter works for a company. Uh, She's
0: in marketing. The coffee shop we talked about on the golf course, uh, a little side note. What's the name of that one? Because I'm going to go to... Tried and true, and uh, Colin also has, he roasts all
1: of his own beans. It's called Bespoken Coffee Company.
0: Very cool. I love coffee, so I'll be heading down to Corvallis real soon to get some coffee. It's my unbiased opinion. It's the best coffee in the world. Huh. <laughs> okay, so your husband, father, grandfather, golfer. I did witness your golf game. You actually played on the front nine. I thought you did maybe better than on the back nine. Maybe you got too relaxed on the back nine. We're talking, but I saw your game. You actually have a good game. Yeah, I just need to play more. Exactly. So we're going to go into... Uh, baseball, we're also going to talk about the FCA, what FCA is, how you're involved in that. So, But before we go there, let's kick off with a better question. So um, here's a funny question I like to ask men is, uh, the question I asked Justin was different than what I'm going to ask you, but how did you stay married to your wife for 45 years? How's that working out? Can you maybe talk about the character traits that you have or your wife have that help that marriage? Or is there something that Makes it work.
1: Yeah, well, I'll, I'll just tell you, uh, just give you kind of. a will go back a ways, but when I was a senior in high school, uh, beginning of my senior, year my wife and I started going out on October fourteenth, in nineteen seventy-two. So we've been going out almost a year at that point, because that was nineteen seventy-three when I started my senior year. And my in the summertime, my I didn't I didn't grow up in a Christian home. Neither did my wife. Mm. And Susan went to. Uh, a Young Life Camp, Malibu, up in Canada, which is an amazing place. And she accepted the Lord up there in the summertime in August, uh, beginning of August of her, her, she was a year younger than me, going into her junior year. And when she came back, she just said, Hey, buddy, if you don't start going to Young Life with me and going to church, I can't keep going out with you. And so I started going to Young Life. Um, My wife introduced me to the leader a guy named terry stokesbury who is just was a stud and still is um i still stay in touch with terry off and on but um terry befriended me i ended up accepting the lord the fall of my senior year and it just changed my life Mm -hmm. and um so from there to us getting married when i was 21 and she was 20 um we we were involved. We we read and stuff all the time, but we really didn't we weren't going to church a lot. Mm-hmm. We weren't going to church off and on. But when I was twenty four and Susan was twenty three, we were living in, in Eugene. I was coaching at Willamette High School and teaching business classes there and we were struggling in our marriage. And so we met a man who's a Christian man named George Ralph and he just changed our lives. Um he got us involved in a nov press two seven series Bible study where we started reading the word every day mm-hmm. and journalizing, memorizing one scripture verse a week. And uh, got it I mean, he basically just became my mentor mm. spiritually. Um, spent a lot of time with me one on one and uh, he also was a marriage counselor, and he told us that we had to get involved with the uh, church and had to start tithing. He explained to us the importance of tithing, so we started tithing every month at that point. And we just made a decision. We can make our marriage average, or we can make it great. And because we're committed to each other, uh, we're going to make it great. And that's that's how it really got going was when I was 24 and she was 23.
0: Hmm. That's great that you found a mentor early on in life in, in marriage. To help you through those times, imagine what that might have looked like if you had, didn't have a mentor, somebody pushing you along.
1: I am f- thoroughly convinced that th- us meeting George Ralph and his wife Esther was a God thing, and uh, if we hadn't met them, if, if the Lord
0: hadn't brought him into our lives, I don't think we'd be married today. So on the golf course, you shared a Bible verse with me. I, I can't remember if it was your favorite Bible verse. Is it your favorite Bible verse? Which one is it? And how? And maybe do you do you have a different one for maybe? marriage
1: yeah i i my life verse is Proverbs three five and six which says trust in the lord with all your heart lean not on your own understanding in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your path straight so you know i think too often we
0: we wonder what's going on instead of just trust the lord don't we sometimes read re, we we use a different word like trust in buddy or trust in pat and i i, I sarcastically do that sometimes to say who, who am i really trusting in
1: yeah, I mean it, uh it, I think uh in the very middle of the Bible the verse says that we're supposed to trust in the Lord not in man. So, yeah. put our trust in the Lord. It's pretty it's 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 simple
0: but not easy. Would yes. you say that's true?
1: Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. And yeah. part of the thing is that as you mature in Christ, and you and there's you know several ways you can mature in Christ, but the number one way is to develop a relationship with anybody, you got to spend time with them. Yes, right. And that means you got to spend time with the Lord reading His Word. And I think one of the biggest problems we have in our country today, and the reason why we're struggling is because men aren't doing that. And if men would start doing that, if men would be men and start pursuing the Lord and doing what the Lord expects us to do, and the only way you can learn His expectations is through reading the Word of God this country would change.
0: But you're right. I don't think men are doing that. And no. I think men do need to step up. You know, we, we sometimes can blame our wives. You know, it's her fault. But as I meet with men, a lot of men do that. Like, oh, it's my wife's fault. She's not here. So let's just talk about you. And where are you at?
1: Well, I can tell you right now, yeah. the responsibility in marriage yeah. starts with with the man. Yeah. Because in in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 25 through 32, it talks about our responsibilities. Everybody talks about the wife respecting the husband. Well, she's not going to respect you if you don't unconditionally love her. That's right. And God wants us to unconditionally love our wives like he loved the church. And he saw the churches without blemish. We're supposed to see our wives without blemish. I kiss the ground my wife walks on. I mean, I'm JV and she's a varsity. I way overkicked my punt coverage when I married my wife, and we and we've had a lot of things happen. My wife's had 25 surgeries since we've been married, hmm. and she deals with constant pain. Um, she also gets migraines on a regular basis. She had a migraine. She didn't hadn't gotten out of bed this morning when I left because she had a really bad migraine. Hmm. Anytime the weather changes a lot, she gets really bad migraines. So, anyhow, that said, um, you know, we deal with stuff like that. But we are to look at our wives. My wife. When I see her, I am so in love with her. And it's not because of, um, phys- I mean, part of it's obviously physical, because sure. we, we see things physical, but it's because of how beautiful she is on the inside. Yeah. And in spite of her daily constant pain that she deals with, she has so much joy in her heart because she has the Lord in mm. her life. And she's right now, she's going through the one-year Bible and reading the bible in one year and she's staying caught up and it's just been awesome
0: mm. how do you serve your wife i i think i heard you tell me on the golf course but i think our audience wants to know how how you pat serve your wife
1: you know it's funny when i was uh that during that time period i read a, a marriage book back when i was 24 as well uh that i just i don't know where i got i don't remember but one of the ways it said that you can show your wife how much you love her is by just doing stuff around the house so i've always done the dishes uh, I help out. I vacuum and do things like that uh, when I can, when I'm home. And yeah. just, you know, if she goes up to see my my grandson up in Newburgh and spends time with my son and my grandson, when she comes back, I always make sure that the house is vacuumed and cleaned up and all the dishes are done and put away and just things like that just to show her how much I love her. Mm. I think us guys could take a
0: lesson from that. So. Yeah. All right, so in high school, I think you played football. You also played football, and you also played baseball. I
1: did. I played football, basketball, and baseball. I quit playing basketball my senior year because our basketball coach said, if you play summer baseball, I don't want you to come out your senior because he wanted me to play 40 basketball games. And back then, we played like 70 Legion games. Wow. So I said, well, if that's the case, my future's in baseball. I'm I'm not going to play basketball my senior year.
0: Yeah. Uh, football. Did you like football
1: as much? love as- football. Yeah? Love football. I, I, I was... Uh, they did a top 100 uh, uh, for, uh the all century team from 1901 to 1999 at, at my high school, and I was on the all century team. So it was I really enjoyed playing football. It was fun. I just wasn't big enough to play in college.
0: <laughs> Got it. So maybe that's why you picked baseball over football, so you could continue your career. I, I, I enjoyed football. I I love playing football, but I was in love with baseball. Okay. So good for you. Good yeah. for you. So, we'll just talk about more of the latter part of your career. So, from around 2008 to 2019. So, you coached under Pat Casey. Yeah, Pat
1: uh, retired in 2018. I actually coached Oregon State for 13 years. So, I came in as an assistant coach uh, in fall of 2007, uh, right after they won the back-to-back national championship. I took Dan Spencer's spot when Dan went to Texas Tech. And then um, I became the associate head coach and recruiting coordinator in 2012. Uh, I was the interim head coach in 2019 when Pat retired. Came back. I uh, was an assistant for one year with Mitch and finished in 2020. Cool.
0: So let me take you back to 2018. Yes, Is that, does that date uh, ring a bell? Yeah, it's very. We're
1: very ah. fortunate and blessed to have won a national championship.
0: How did that feel? You
1: know the journey of winning a national championship and we won a national championship when i was a george fox as well okay and uh and we we're in a state championship my last year at westland high school in 1995 so the journey's a lot more important and greater in terms of how you develop relationships with your players than the actual championship the championships like anything else like you know, i tell people they ask me why i don't ever wear my my national championship ring well you know that kind of stuff just isn't important to me it's mm-hmm. it's the relationships you develop with those players that you get to have you know i i text those guys all the time and mm-hmm. i still have relationships i went and played with uh yesterday i went up and met with uh, three of my donors and we played golf together uh or excuse me too because one couldn't make it so there's three of us including myself and one of them played golf in newburgh and uh, just to, they're guys that played for me back in 99, 2000 at George Fox University. So it's about relationships.
0: Yeah, now they're men, they're in the workforce, maybe they're married, and now you can see some of the impact that you had on them during their uh, playing years yeah, in, so, in college.
1: Uh, I heard a coach, and I don't remember who it was, it might have been Dabo Sweeney, but I heard it a few years ago. They said, uh, how's your team going to be this year? And he goes, I don't know, get a hold of me in 20 years <laughs> and I'll tell you how it's going to be because I want to know how they're going to develop as men. And wow. I don't care how many national championships you win. If you're not building men of character, you're coaching for the wrong reason. Yeah.
0: And that was one of my next questions is, you know, as you coach football and you had that impact on these young men, I asked you on the course, maybe one of the two or three lessons that you wanted to teach them. It wasn't really what I expected, you know, like, I mean, it kind of was, but I, I was getting to know, to know you. So walk me through maybe two or three things that you wanted to teach these guys Uh, the character traits that were most important to you.
1: Yeah, from the time I started recruiting guys, uh, my big three, and I started this when I was the head coach at George Fox University, is, uh, number one, you better be a man of character. Yeah. Because our culture is all about guys that are high character guys. And it doesn't mean we had guys there that didn't make mistakes. We had guys at every place I've been, high school, college. Sometimes people make bad decisions. But the character piece was really important in our program. So you better be a man of character. The second thing is you better be a hard worker. And I firmly believe hard work starts in the classroom and leaks out onto the baseball field. And 2013 World Series, we got beat in the semifinals. 17, we got beat in the semifinals. 18, we won it. All three of those years, we went to World Series. The coolest thing that we got award-wise there there. We got we had the highest uh, t- academic. We got the academic award for having the highest team GPA. I think we had a three three team GPA in 2018. So yeah. hard work starts in the classroom, leaks out onto the baseball field. And when guys are doing really well in school, they're consistent on the field. They're mm-hmm. not worried about their grades and stuff like that while they're practicing. And then the third thing is you better be selfless. You better make other people more important than yourself. And honestly, buddy, that was the hardest thing we had to teach our guys. This isn't about you. Life is about what you can do for other people. Hmm. And those three things, we we talk to our guys on a daily basis about those things.
0: Yeah, that third one, that being selfless, you know, I'm even, you know, I'm over 50 and still, you know, God's working on me now to be selfless. And, you know, the verse I go back to is Christ came to serve and not be served. And I think we as these earthly humans that sin, we want to be served. But how do we go serve people just like you serve your wife? Same type of deal.
1: You know, it's amazing about the serving thing. You think about it. Christ died on a cross. What did he do the night before he died on a cross? He was eating with his pals. <laughs> Why? Well, and he washed their feet. Yeah. And think about back in the day, because I never thought about it until about a year ago when I was reading that, because it was they're coming in to celebrate and, and in Jerusalem. And when they came in, they brought animals into sacrifice. So if they brought animals into sacrifice to wash their feet, I mean, you get the picture. Their feet had to be really dirty because they wore sandals back in the day. And uh, anyhow, I just to me that's just the ultimate example of being a servant. He washed their feet the night yeah. before he died.
0: Yeah, for like Peter, he didn't really like that. He's like. Oh Lord, you can't do that! And she's like, "No, I need to wash your feet and your whole body."
1: Yeah, I think about yeah. Peter. Peter was a very impulsive, kind of like I am at times.
0: <laughs> I'm a Peter. I'm, you know, I, and sometimes I'm a Thomas. You know, we all look at the doubting Thomas, and we 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 judge him. But I might often be more of a a doubting Thomas than a Peter. But or I'm a little bit of both, actually. Yeah, I don't know if you can relate to that at all.
1: I think we all have. you know, There isn't anybody in the world that's that's perfect. We know that. And people who are Christians, you know, it's funny because about, I don't know, three months ago, a person um, said to me that we had a lot, a lot of people at our church that were phonies. And I said, exactly. And he goes, what do you mean by that? I said, the church is a hospital, man. That's right. There isn't anybody that's perfect on the face of the earth. And I said, your problem is... You're looking horizontal. If you don't ever have a relationship with the Lord and you want want to and improve your relationship with the Lord, you gotta look vertical and you gotta spend time with the Lord. Yeah. And quit looking at uh, other Christians and how they live their lives because there's not one Chris, perfect Christian on the face of the earth.
0: And we love to judge. I mean, we, oh we, it's easier for me to judge someone else and look at myself and you know work on me. What church you guys go to?
1: We go to Calvary, a Calvary church down in, in Corvallis. Yeah. I love it because they, they teach book by book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, which means they have to cover everything, including the top things. So I like that. The full gospel. That's full not gospel, just the, exactly. Not, not
0: just the prosperity gospel. Yes. Okay. That's yes, everything. I like that. So we're getting closer to the end, but I've got a really deep question for you uh, we'll dive into. Uh, so I know you've lived a good life. You've had lots of success. You've been married for 45 years. you got kids, grandkids. Life's been pretty good. What is, you know, what are you thankful for or most thankful for? And then what legacy do you want to leave? And how does that work inside of FCA? So talk to us about FCA a little bit as well. Okay, well, I'll kind of
1: give you a backdrop. And this is how the Lord works. Uh, When I lost my job at Oregon State because of the pandemic and all the things were going on with money and everything. Um, When I lost my job at Oregon State, within a couple of days, Ryan Johnson, I, got together and talked about me going to work for FCA. And I really believe that was a God thing. And in Proverbs 69, it says, in our hearts we make plans, but God determines our path. And if we trust the Lord, he's got our backs. He's going to use us for his glory, however he wants to use us. So the whole FCA thing, I just laugh at how in my life, things like that have occurred on a regular basis. So with that in mind, I really believe that you know number one whether we want to or not god's going to use us i mean god used pharaoh even though pharaoh wasn't a christian right. in the old testament so god's going to use us that's the first thing the second thing is we have a choice every day we get up attitude's a choice i mean most of the things that happen to us we have no control over we have a hundred percent control over how we respond to mm-hmm. them and when people say i just want to be happy I, that's a to me what's happy mean? i don't even get that i want joy To me, I want joy, and I'm I'm so thankful. I have a beautiful wife. I have amazing children. I have beautiful grandchildren. I'm blessed, and I'm so thankful, and I'm so joyful because of all the Lord's blessed me with. Hmm.
0: So this whole FCA thing, you weren't looking for anything when you left Oregon State. You weren't necessarily looking for something. Also, in FCA showed up. Did you know about FCA before? Oh, yeah. I, I ran an FCA uh, at, when I was at Westland High School. Oh, so you've been around FCA for.
1: I have. I mean, it's, the organization's changed a lot, which is great. I mean, that the just the new vision and mission and just the, how the whole organization's set up. Now, I really like the way it's set up. I mean, it's very organized. Uh, you know exactly, it's very clear about what our expectations are and how we run programs and it's very detailed. There's I've taken nine classes since I started hmm. in December of 2020. I feel like I'm back in school but uh, I just really like the way the organizations ran and the cool thing is I get to do two things. I get to share the Lord yep. which is a passion of mine. I love the Lord and I love sports. So I get to combine
0: those two to help advance God's kingdom. Yeah. Okay. Well, we're getting here to wrap up but uh what's the legacy you want to leave Who, pat bailey being a, a married guy a believer father a coach what's your legacy here here's the deal based on my
1: priorities number one and foremost my relationship with the lord you know in spite of me being a flawed man i want people to say man he really loved the lord he really cared hmm about his, his developing and continuing to growing and reading on a regular basis and, and developing. And Number two, he loved his wife. He t- loved his wife unconditionally. And I make mistakes, every guy does. I'm not perfect, but I love my wife. Hmm. And third, my children and my grandchildren. And the fourth thing I want people to say is everything I did I, I did for God's glory. And in Colossians 3.23, it says, "If in all your work you do, do it heartily as if working for the Lord, not for man. My ultimate employer is God. <laughs> so I have a yep. responsibility to do do my work, to work hard and to do things right.
0: Well, after this podcast airs, I'm excited to go listen to it because I think there's a lot of nuggets here that uh, a lot of wisdom. And I always say wisdom isn't that your life was perfect. It's the pain that you you had during your life and the experiences that you, that you had and that you leaned on God for your, for your answer. So that's my takeaways. That's, that's it. Yeah.
1: yeah. I, I, like I said, circumstances can't, aren't, don't make it, don't determine who you are as a person. It's how you respond to things. And, and, uh, you know, if, if we're, we truly believe the Lord's in control, he's going to use everything for his glory, even negative things that happen to us. So yeah, yeah. I'm very fortunate and very blessed.
0: Before we hang up here, uh, anything left you want to share that would be important to you?
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for me is uh, just if I had one thing to share with younger guys, is get a mentor, get yeah, somebody that's yeah, older mentor. than you that that's a mature Christian that can help you grow in your relationship with the Lord. Because and for older guys, mentor younger people. I mean, it's just oh my goodness, you know, we have a responsibility before the lord to make sure that we help young men mature in Christ and so hmm. uh you know our thing at uh FCA engage people relationally equip them spiritually which means you got to spend time with them and reading the word and equipping them spiritually and then empower them to make disciples who make disciples which is Matthew 28:19 and 20
0: going to all the world you mentioned uh, one last thing you mentioned on the golf course you asked FCA what their mission statement was but there was one important question you asked is it important to go to church yeah can you just elaborate on that
1: yeah well the uh, the vision is uh, to see the world transformed by Jesus, Jesus Christ through the influence of coaches and athletes hmm. and then the mission is to lead every coach and athlete into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ and his church and so my question was you know when kids accept the Lord do you get them hooked into churches because it's important that they get involved in in churches and small group Bible studies and stuff like that so they get discipled.
0: Wow, this is a lot. Thank you, Pat, really appreciate you coming on today, being a part of this podcast. Uh, we just wanted to do a shout out to The Rec. Thank, uh, thank you to The Rec for doing our podcast each week and allowing us to just uh, be a part of a mentoring program called Valor Mentoring. So we're, we're plugged in, but I think we could partner on some stuff here too, so I'm excited to see what happens.
1: Absolutely, we, you know all this kind of stuff. I always tell people when you meet, it's a God thing. When you and I, when we played golf, yeah. when I called my wife, I said I met Buddy today in person. It was a God thing that oh. we met.
0: Pat, if somebody wants to reach out to you, how would they connect with you?
1: Uh, they, my uh, the probably the easiest thing would be to just send me an email. It's uh, pbailey at fca. dot org.
0: Got it. We'll put that in the show notes as well. So, well, thanks for being, for being a part of our podcast today. We really appreciate you and what you stand for. Thank you.
1: Thank you for giving me the opportunity.
0: Absolutely.